Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni Angioli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Today, I'm here to talk about the latest effort to revisit the Ghostbusters franchise, and that is Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters Afterlife. So when a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. So this movie is one that I was really excited for, actually, um, all the way back to the very first trailer. Uh, that was when it was still originally supposed to come out in 2020. Obviously, that didn't end up panning out, but it was something that I thought looked really cool. And the way that they did the first trailer, it was it was intriguing. They they kind of hinted at the Ghostbuster-y aspects, but didn't like outright show a lot of them. Like you, you kind of got like quick glimpses of the car. And then at the very end, you get to see it like driving through the streets. And you get to hear the siren and and you kind of get the sense that like there's some connection to the to the old movie. But this is a new story. And I thought that was a really cool approach. I liked, uh, I liked the way that trailer set things up. And as I saw more stuff from the movie, I, I thought, yeah, this, this still looks pretty cool. And, you know, it looks decently funny, which is it's always good. You know, I really like the first Ghostbusters because it's, like, pretty hilarious. So um, a lot of the things that I was seeing from the movie, uh, they, they did seem to be uh, looking to kind of shape up to be pretty solid and i unfortunately was very disappointed in this i found myself really not enjoying this for a large portion of the film um i think that the main problem with it is okay well there, there's sort of two problems with it and it's really weird it's sort of got this split personality where it wants to be like a, an 80s classic but at the same time, it also wants to be the most 2021 movie ever made. And I think it needed to either pick one, ideally pick neither, and and do something a little more in the middle where it's just more of a modern update of, of, um, of an older story. But what is actually on screen, story-wise, I really just found thoroughly unenjoyable. And here's why. So for one... We get this new story with these all new characters we've never met before. We get this short prologue um, that leaves us with, you know, some questions. And we we understand that the the grandfather of this family, they are um, they're not on good terms for whatever reason. And I think that for one, it's a mistake to show the opening because I think this movie works better. I mean, obviously going in, you probably know to some degree, okay, the grandpa, the mysterious grandpa who's crazy, probably wasn't crazy. He's probably a ghostbuster or whatever. I get that. But I do think the mystery works a little bit better if you just ditch that opening prologue. And then I think you actually have a really intriguing setup. And this is the part of the movie that's very 80s and the part that I really I like from a, just a story standpoint, um, from the concept. If you pitch me this concept, I like it. Um, and that is the idea that their flat broke and their grandfather just died. They, they didn't really know him at all, but they have to move out to his farmhouse because that's the only thing left in their name and they don't have any other options. I really like that. You get the the kind of quirky kids, the stressed out mom, the, the bad situation that they're going into. Um, that is a very classic 80s movie setup. That seems like it could be the plot of a Spielberg movie. I, I can definitely see that. However, I think the problem lies with the characters a lot of the time. Now, that's not to say the actors. I think everyone's pretty good in this, um, especially McKenna Grace. I would say that she's probably the best of anyone in this movie. Um, Paul Rudd is probably a close second. I think he's really funny in this, but he is just kind of playing Paul Rudd. Um, 
but regardless i think that just the characters are just i just found a lot of them really irritating just like annoying to watch um in particular podcast i wanted to kick that kid's ass every time he was on screen and unfortunately he's on screen a lot i just this is the part where I think it starts to lose me, and it's that this is the most 2021 movie ever made. Like, seriously, think about a character like that. Would a character like that be in that 80s movie setup that I just described? Or is that, like, just the textbook new kids movie where it's like, oh, we have a quirky character who's very quirky. Do you get it? He likes podcasts. He's always making a podcast. I'm like... I get it. And it's not funny. It's just weird. It's just weird that this, like, a, he looks like he's, like, 9 or 10. And he's got, like, a, a full-on, like, boom mic setup. He's always got the headphones on. And he's, like, narrating everything. I'm like, who thought this was a good idea? This is not funny. Like, you think about something like, like, Data, okay? Data from the Goonies. I understand that that's also a very over-the-top character. No real kids really act like that or behave like that. But it fits with that world better, and they don't go so overboard with it that, like, everything he talks about is a gadget. Everything he does is, like, the intrepid explorers are entering the thing. Like, like just because he's a James Bond fan, he, he makes James Bond references or, to, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, they don't just beat you over the head with it. He's still an actual funny character. He's still a normal kid to the to most of, most of it, except for there is that part about him that sets him apart. And then that just, that just comes into play much more naturally. It doesn't feel so forced. And in this, it's just like, all oh, the just it just really got under my skin and there's a lot of characters like that in this movie where i just found them just like okay i get it it's this archetype and we're just gonna be like hey do you get it it's the angry teen who doesn't like his mom or the situation that he's in and he likes this girl but he's awkward um here is um here is the girl who's like maybe into him but maybe not and they i like i I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't like all that. I thought it was, I thought, I think forced force is the best word that I could use to describe it. And so because that's such an important part of the movie, obviously that's like me out a lot of the time. And that just made it not very enjoyable. And then when you actually get to um, the, the, the more eighties parts of the movie, some of them I really liked. Um, for instance, I think the visuals are very well done in this movie. Um, the the visuals that the movie itself brings to it that are unique. Um, its color palette, the the way that it's it uses its new setting. I think that a lot of that was really cool. A lot of the iconography of this town is 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 very cool, and it's something we haven't seen in a Ghostbusters movie movie before. So I really appreciated all that, and I like the new Slimer esque ghost. I thought that he was really cool. Apparently, Josh Gad played him. Not really sure why they keep hiring all these really famous actors for stuff where it's like that could have been literally anyone. Like they must have paid Josh Gad like six figures too a million dollars to do the which is all this ghost does like what but regardless i thought that was a cool idea and i'm glad they didn't just do slimer again but at a certain point i do feel like well they might as well have because everything else about this movie is exactly the same as the first one it's the same villain gatekeeper and keymaster are two of our main characters um uh you get like 
the whole the all the ghosts being released into the world and they're like interacting with real people during the climax you get um sort of a a different version of cross the streams you get the demodogs or whatever they're called that's that's from stranger things never mind but you get the the demon dog things and like it's all the exact same thing and i just like i really wanted them to do something different like i really thought that that was just weird and and why like why is it um like why is it like that why why would you not pick something else i mean i i just feel like this is a world where you could do literally anything the possibilities are endless and they just decided to do gozer gozer again and it just felt like that was the least interesting uh idea you could have chosen why would you not pick something else and um but i mean like some of the way they updated the visuals and played with them i mean like mini stay puffs okay that's kind of cool you know it really subverts expectations because they were giant before now they're just an army of little ones i thought that was kind of a cool idea and if it would have just been that it probably would have been okay with it but the fact that it's that and it's also gozer and it's also across the streams and it's also um the the two of the main characters get turned into dogs and it's like i just felt like you need to do something new like there's this is just it's just not creative it's not homage it's just hey let's do that again and um i mean i I did think it was cool how like sometimes the ghost can kind of rip at the streams and like kind of pull them apart or like use them to whip the other the you know the character who's on the other end of the stream around i thought that was kind of cool um the way that they updated the way the dogs look but still kind of give them that janky like not totally real look that the first one had but they do look more real and like they're more part of the world i thought that that was pretty well done but at the end of the day i really found myself wishing that they would have just done something else and and kind of blazed their own path more and i think that goes for a lot of aspects of this movie for instance there's like just so many references to the first one to the point where it almost feels like okay please stop um, but I think the worst one is like, could, could I have one phone call? And um, and then he's like, sure. Who are you going to call? I'm like, oh, my God, please stop. Like what? Stop with this. We don't need to work in every single thing from the first movie. Uh, and I, I don't know. So I'm really split on this because there's a lot of aspects about it that I do think are pretty cool and pretty well done. But overall, I just found it to be not very enjoyable experience. And the fact that everything is the same as the first one also makes it very predictable. So it's just like, okay, let's wait for this. You know, let's check this box. And that's just not a very enjoyable way to watch a movie. I think easily the best part was when the old Ghostbusters came back. And that really made me sad that we never got the third Ghostbusters movie that was like actually the Ghostbusters. Um, I think a lot of the the things that's kind of weird with the with seeing them, especially and seeing them all like apologize for not believing him, that really made me question why didn't you believe him? Because the thing is, what happened is exactly the same as what happened in New York. Why did they not believe him? They were all there. They were all there. It's their whole job to believe in ghosts and bust ghosts. And he's like, hey, an apocalypse is coming. And a, and like all of the ghosts are going to be coming. They're like, you mean like that one time when all of the ghosts came back? Okay, I don't think so. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. That would be like if if Robin told Batman, hey, um, 
the the Joker is gonna break out of Arkham Asylum and he's gonna release all the other inmates too. And Batman's like, okay, when has that ever happened in Gotham? Like that just doesn't make sense. It's so I don't know. I yeah, forget it. I I didn't like this. That's how I'm coming down officially. I felt like I was more split going into this. I had kind of read reviews from both sides, trying to formulate my opinion as best as I could, see where I came down on it. And I I don't think this is a very good movie. I'm going to be honest. I didn't enjoy myself. I don't think I'd really want to watch it again. And um yeah. <laughs> that's I yeah. That's I think the general consensus for me here. Um that's unfortunate, but you know what? At least I wasn't too easy on it and then kind of regretted it later. Eternals. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so <laughs> that's where I'm coming down. All right, before I get out of here, I want to say that I am grateful for um my co-op finally being a thing that's a that's a really exciting development in my life recently um co-op is basically a thing where through my vocational school um i don't have to go to school anymore i just kind of go to work and it's like a it's a job that's tied into the thing that i'm learning about in my tech program program anyway so it's like i don't have to go to school I get paid to not go to school and it's like, this is the perfect setup. So I'm very appreciative that that finally went through. It was a long process to get there, but now that it's finally up and running, I think it's uh, I think it's a really great opportunity. And I, I like doing that a lot more than I like going to school. So I'm very grateful for that. All right. You know, the drill rate, review, subscribe, if you get podcast, five stars, super helpful. After that, uh, you can go ahead and tell a friend about the show. If you think they would enjoy it, word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the word about the podcast. So thank you if you've done all that and thank you in advance if you're going to, but in the meantime, thank you as always for listening. That's the most important thing that you do for me. And yeah, until next time, who are you going to call? <laughs>